Welcome, CPL baseball fans. The championship is over, and the Moorhead City Marlins have been crowned the victor. This is their second championship in a row. This is back-to-back wins for the Marlins. So congratulations to them. And we actually have an interview with the head coach of the Marlins, Jesse Lancaster. So let's go ahead and get right into that interview. It was an awesome one. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. You know, I said this already before we started recording, Jesse, but uh, congratulations on back-to-back CPL championships for the Moorhead uh, City Marlins. Thank you very much, Brian. We, um, we're pretty excited about it. The community, the fan base, uh, the whole town here has been pretty awesome. And um, it's not as easy as what, what it sounds to do it back-to-back. This is a great league and I'm thrilled to have been a small part of that and couldn't be happier for our players, both you know last year's group that set this culture and then this year's group that kind of continued that vision. Well, with any type of sport, back-to-back championships is, is difficult, regardless of the level. Uh, so let's start on you know your background in baseball. Let's kind of take a step back and just uh, share with us a little bit of your background in baseball and how you decided to make coaching a career. Okay, uh, gladly. I, it's been my life, to be honest with you. Um, I was just talking to a friend about growing up as a coach's son. Uh, my father is a longtime college coach that retired this past year, so I grew up you know, traveling with those teams as early as I could, um, you know, trying to get out of school a couple of days to go on the road with their ball clubs. And I just fell in love with it. Um, from there, I continued to play through college and I uh, was an old senior and moved on into a uh, collegiate level of coaching. I started out at East Carolina as a volunteer assistant where I was doing my graduate work. Um, I was in a job that was just an awesome position for me at the time. And, and that allowed me to get started and meet some people and expand my network outside of my playing days at Mount Olive. Um, I came back to Mount Olive in 2011 and started as a volunteer there um, on a great staff with my father, Rob Watt, Jason Shear, um, and myself. And so from that point forward, I just continued at Mount Olive. And in 13, I, I started teaching there at the college and kind of established a role as a recruiting coordinator with baseball. Um, which has been something I've thoroughly enjoyed. And uh, long story short, as that led me to um, moving on into coaching in the CPL, which I guess it would have been 2017 would have been my first summer um, here in Moorhead. And then this is my third one now. Uh, I followed in behind a good friend, Jason Wood, um, who was here prior to me. And um, he kind of you know, informed me of the position and introduced me to Buddy Bingle. And that's kind of where we're at here today. Um, I did play in this league in Wilson and Fayetteville, so I was familiar with it. And I'm a North Carolina native, so um, it's obviously a league that I've known a lot about and couldn't be happier to be a part of now. That's awesome, man. And when you mentioned you're at recruiting uh, at the school, I'm sure that's really come in handy as you build a team. Yeah, the names get blurry, though, <laughs> when you're trying to... <laughs> trying to put together a Mount Olive team and a, and a Moorhead City team and, you know, just trying to keep up with a roster and who's who and where. But um, the network of people that you get to meet through recruiting for Mount Olive has been um, a benefit, uh, an advantage, I would say, um, to have an opportunity to build a team here in Moorhead City as well. So um, certainly the people you get to know and the contacts you make are a huge part of this business, just like any other one. Now, you had mentioned that this is your third season in the CPL as a head coach. So how did you first get started in the league? You might have answered this already, but what drew you to keep coming back every summer? You know, so you have all these experiences, but each experience you're thinking, oh, either I don't want to do that again or I definitely want to do that again. What made you keep coming back to the CPL? 
Sure. Well, uh, Moorhead City, for one, uh, it's a it's a town that my family always wanted to vacate in. You know, anytime you got a chance to get away in the summertime, this is where we wanted to go. So, uh, my wife being on board with us coming to do this in 2017 was big. And initially, that thought was to get out there, get some head coaching experience. Um, you know, put my name out there and, and maybe move into another collegiate position, uh, maybe outside of Mount Olive. But uh, after the first summer, we were a 500. Cl- club. I got started late with that job kind of around December going into the summer. So, um, you know, I had a lot to learn and it was a revolving door of players and trying to keep a roster in shape. And, you know, by the end of that summer, I guess what brought me back again was the hunger and desire to try to do better. Um, I, I, you know, hadn't achieved the success I had hoped to, um, as a coach and it kind of, um, there was just that little bit in your gut that says you got to do better than that. And so, Coming back in 17 was a new experience. I had an idea of how to run that. Um, Fico Condla was a great hire for me in 17 as an assistant coach. I couldn't tell you enough about the impact he's had down here on our culture and, um, you know, the daily grind with our players. So uh, that was a huge addition to our staff in 17. And um, obviously after last summer winning it, that taste of, of, you know, the, the greatest success in the league in terms of winning it with that group um, is obviously what brought me back this year. So um, we've, we've kind of made some roots in this town. My family has, we've made some friendships here that are long lasting and, you know, people that will be going to their weddings and we'll stay in touch with long, long after this is over. So um, this has been a great thing, a great experience for myself and my family. And, you know, last night the fans were on the field and want to know if I'm coming back and talking about three Pete and I'm just laughing <laughs> saying this, it's not that easy. Um, but I can't see myself leaving here now. I guess I'm hooked. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you wanted to, man, you'd have people hanging onto your ankles and, and dragging you back in. Uh, but we're, we're actually going to talk about, uh, how you can repeat again, uh, later on the podcast. So I don't want to jump too oh, far ahead. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know, right? So, so think about maybe how you're going to approach that, or maybe how you're going to duck that question because you're like, I don't know, I you know, know. <laughs> I, I, I give up right now. I'm just enjoying enjoying the moment. Uh, one thing you mentioned was the culture in Moorhead. In, in every interview that I've done for the CPL this year, uh, I'd say about every coach, every general manager, every owner has mentioned the culture, the family like atmosphere of all of these teams. Is that something that you can resonate with? Absolutely. And, and you sense it in every town when you when you travel. Um, I can only speak for, you know, the things that we talk about in our organization, but you can sense it, feel it in every ballpark you go into. Um, you know, there's obviously there's the local fans that are there every night and they speak to you. So um, there is a culture within the league that's pretty special. And I think we, we started to establish ours last summer in Moorhead where it became a fun place for families to come and watch a ball game and, and get a good experience. And um, to make sure that our players engage with our fans and appreciate the attention they're receiving. And um, it, it helps when you got good players that move on to professional baseball, because that's just another thing that, you know, the fanship here likes to hang on to. And, you know, when you get lucky enough to maybe host a, a big leaguer in your household, you know, through a summer, that's, that's pretty awesome experience. So um, the culture is a big thing for us. We talk about it with our players. It, it makes the summer so much more enjoyable um, when you're with players that, want to be here and want to be a product of, of what you're trying to build and to put their stamp on an organization. 
um, whether you win or lose, it's a lot more fun when you got kids that are happy to be a part of it and, and respect, you know, the groundwork from the season before them. So, um, that's probably the greatest compliment I can give these guys this summer was they were an awesome group to be around. Um, I don't believe we had, but what I would say seven casualties, meaning guys that left our roster, um, which is almost unheard of in this league, um, with the extent of the amount of games you play, but, um, they, they kind of got on board, man. And, and they have a blast in this town. They, they have fun, they meet new people. And, um, I really think our product of baseball is a lot of fun for them to play. Now, last season, you led the Moorhead City Marlins to their first ever CPL championship, only to follow it up uh, with the title this year against uh, Macon Bacon uh, Sunday, so yesterday. What have these past two seasons been like for you? So we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but maybe compare the season and winning your first championship to following that up. What were the expectations? Did you approach the season any different? Any Anything like that? To be absolutely honest, the last two summers, when you say what were they like for you, it's a blur. It's an absolute <laughs> blur. Um, when you play this amount of games and you, you meet these these amount of folks that we do, it's a it's a real blur. But um, comparing last year's group to this year's, last year's we knew we had a pretty special group of players pretty early. Um, I think we lost the first game of the summer last summer. Um, I say we, I lost it. I didn't have the bullpen ready in time and it cost us the first game of the summer, but I think we got on board pretty quick and I, I believe we were eight and one after that. Um, so we knew we were pretty good and, and, you know, obviously nine games into the season doesn't make a season, but, um, we got on a winning streak early. Whereas this summer we were a 500 club. I think we were eight and eight or seven and eight uh, somewhere early on. And the main thing is we were just having defensive miscues and, we had to work daily to get better and, and continue to put the right people in the right positions and, and build them up and their confidence. But um, it's it's a full year's work, and I don't even want to begin to name people that have a hand in this, but the front office all the way through our, our coaching staff, um, there's a lot of hard work that goes in this thing year-round to try to build a championship club, um, and it doesn't stop. I mean, I really think probably – the last point of the summer that I stopped trying to add players to our roster to continue to keep it in shape was in the playoffs when our rosters were froze. But up until that point, we we're continuously looking to add players to continue to the health of our roster. So there's so many hands that go into this and it's tremendously hard to, to get the, you know, accomplishments that we have the last two summers. Now you mentioned not having the, the bullpen ready that first game of last year. So uh, explain to fans who might not understand everything that goes into preparing your players in a summer season to achieve that championship level performance. So it's different than a normal coaching situation. You have players who don't know each other coming from across the country to play together for a short two and a half month season. It's not like you are are with these guys all the time. And in fact, it may be a completely different team or a similar team. So what goes into... Uh, just preparing yourself before the season and then maybe like at the all-star game, I'm sure you do maybe like an audit of where you guys are at. What does that look like? Oh, you're, you're absolutely correct. So um, from the initial point of the summer, you try to, you know, lay down expectations and something we've done better than the past is um, even before they lay foot here in Moorhead city, we're communicating expectations and commitment for the summer to those guys. And, that's a that's a huge thing I feel like in terms of um, them walking in the door here from day one knowing what what we're looking to do and so that's the first step and then when they get here trying to establish our style of play um, mentioning the bullpen in terms of how we're going to manage that how many batter starters would intend to face 
um, roles of a bullpen where, you know, a lot of guys come into here that they're, they're the guy on their college team or they're the closer. And, you know, it's, it's nice when I can get them on board with being a closer in the sixth, seventh, eighth inning, and, you know, um, that's a benefit to the team, but it's obviously a conversation that has to be had. And then the same goes offensively working on trying to establish our style of play. Um, I think we do have a distinct style of offense that we play here where we create pressure and try to score in momentum. Um, but that's something that, you know, takes a daily step each day of communicating expectations. And um, you mentioned the all-star break. Once we had established we were in the playoffs to try to keep our guys engaged and try to play as sharp a baseball as we could, uh, we introduced what we call a teach of the day. And it might be as simple as, as how we approach our baddest hitters or, you know, how we run a delay still or a first and third defense. But <clears throat> Coach Conla and Moser and I, would discuss with our group of players a teach of the day every day. And the goal there was, you know, come playoff time, we wanted to be the most prepared team that we could be. And I feel like that that's something we've done for two summers. It's paying off. I don't want to give my, my trick out. Other clubs <laughs> might be doing that. They might be doing that, but um, that's a testament of, of our coaching staff and assistants being engaged and thinking forwards on what we could work on. And, and honestly for the players to, you know, maintain engagement and desire to learn in the game. So um, that's a that's a big thing that I think we're doing here that um, is a big part of what we would call our organization and culture. For the 10th straight season, the Coastal Plain League has partnered up with Baseball America to bring you the Coastal Plain League Corner. During each issue of Baseball America this summer, fans can now keep up to date on some of the key headlines this CPL season has to offer through the CPL Corner. Don't have Baseball America? Then you're missing out. For a special CPL discount, please visit the league website at www.coastalplane.com and click on one of the Baseball America banners to sign up. For the most information on baseball, be sure to visit Baseball America on the web at www.baseballamerica.com. So kind of building off of that, uh, furthermore, once you get into the playoffs after a regular season of playing the same teams actually multiple times, I think it's uh, last season and this season, you matched up in the championship game with a team that you had not faced all season. So what type of preparation goes into scouting and getting your players ready to face a new opponent, you know, in the last week of the year? I can imagine that not being stressful per se, because it's something you want to do, you want to excel, but also like, wow, we don't have the schedule to anticipate who we're going to be facing at one time, what time of the year. No, you're correct. And it's, it's exciting. Um, it is a bit stressful for the coach. I don't know that the players think that much about it, but um, you know, for most of the summer, we know our opponent so well. And I think we do a good job as a staff taking notes and, you know, establishing game plans for hitters and opposition. And, you know, then you get into the playoffs and probably the more stressful one is playing a first round opponent that knows you as well as your in division team does. And it being a single game elimination, anything can happen. Um, I mean, just look at the two games we played against Fayetteville last summer and this summer, first round, it's, it's so hard to get past that first round. And then, you know, you play a North team like Wilson again from last summer and this summer, which were, extremely talented um that was stressful but then you get to the three game series which there's a little bit of comfort because you know you have to lose two games you know and that's a little bit more comforting but um not knowing the opponent is is kind of a, a the curiosity there you know it's, it's somewhat scary not knowing what they have and i think that um we try to do a good job at the thing like the select games and the the all-star game and the league does a nice job with video 
uh, where we're able to go back and kind of familiarize ourselves with who we're playing and facing. And um, I do think that if you're if you're willing to do your work and open your eyes and ears, you can go in a little bit better prepared versus your opponent. Yeah, I was gonna say like there's with with them streaming the games now, and obviously knowing that there's a strong possibility that you'll be playing someone you hadn't seen all year. I mean, it's happened last year and this year, so it's kind of become commonplace for you guys. You would think maybe you do some pre-planning, uh, maybe on the coaches' end, and like you said, the players are just like, let's go out there and win this game now, and then we'll tackle the next one, where with coaches, you kind of have to think about all those different variables that may not even come to fruition. Yeah, we, we might have watched some film ahead of time on pitchers and and uh, hitters. <laughs> we might have done a little bit of that. Um, to be honest with you, I should get on my computer and do some work for Mount Olive, but I've been on it all week long watching pitchers and, and hitters and, and signs and trying to get an idea, you know, just looking for an edge. Um, you know, it's not about me and winning necessarily, but when you get to this point and you, your kids are given the effort they are, I think as a coach, you got to do your due diligence to, to give them the best preparation you can. So, um, yeah, it's a real asset, the live streaming of the games. Well, and also, you know, if you want your players to, for lack of a better term, fall in line with the philosophy of the team, you know, I've heard that great leaders don't ask their followers or their players in this instance to do something they're not willing to do themselves. And so, Absolutely. You, you know, being prepared like that, even if it's not uh, to the very detail, it's still the effort being f- put forth and your players like, you know what? Our coach has got our back. And I think that just goes back to adding to that family-like culture. You make a great point. Absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, what you're saying about a leader being willing to put their hands in and do the same work that they're asking of their players or followers, and um, you know, not only asking them to do it, but inspiring them to to engage in that way, I think is important. So, um, no question about it. We can't ask them to commit to a full summer 50 game season here and play as hard as they can and, you know, be locked in mentally if we're not willing to do the same. So, um, I gladly take on that role. You know, I'm, I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to lead this team. So you do have a number of standout players that helped lead the team to the championship this year, but uh, one in particular, Jack Harris, uh, seemed really uh, impressive this season. So what did you see out of him at San Francisco State that made you believe he was not only a fit for this level, uh, but also that he will, you know, he was able to excel? Jack is a, a special, special talent. Um, he's a rare combination of power and speed. He's, I mean, what I would say, a, a hybrid electric type player. Um he is from San Francisco State, a Division II out there. And in talking to him, oddly enough, you wouldn't believe it, but it was like his only offer out of high school. And so that young man's developed and worked on his craft every year. And honestly, it was his summer last summer that intrigued us. Um, he had a great summer in the Perfect Game League. And, uh, you know, we try to do a good job with our recruiting to make sure that our hitters have swung wood bats and have proven they're going to be uh, able to excel in this league or, or you know, projected to excel and jack obviously did um he, he had a tremendous summer um the slugging numbers that he put up and the stolen bases are almost unheard of in this league so um you know i think he deserves all the honors that he's received thus far and hopefully they'll continue to think about him well i'm wondering if only getting that offer from Fran- uh, san francisco state might have been like okay i i know that I am a high quality caliber player. I appreciate the opportunity that this school has given me, but like I want to show that I am capable of even more. Do you find that in a lot of your players to 
not only prove themselves to you as their coach, but also to themselves and each other. Like, yes, I'm I'm here for a reason. I don't want you to regret uh, bringing me on this team. The good ones do. Yeah, the ones that commit to a full summer, um, the ones that come from, you know, smaller overlooked programs, a lot of time are out here seeking to to get noticed and to be appreciated for their talents. And um, you're absolutely correct. The ones that want this for the full summer and want to prove something um, are the type of kids we want to have in our organization every summer. So with the structure of summer ball, how long will you give yourself to enjoy this win before you start recruiting for the 2020 season? Like, do you foresee any returning players from this year's squad? Or are you just like, you know, I'm going to binge watch a couple Netflix shows and just kind of chill out <laughs> for a little bit. Or are you kind of, is your mind already like, all right, let's, let's go and get another one. Yeah, we've, um, what we call the war board has already got names on it. Um, it did kind of late this summer as some other leagues started finishing up the, the younger leagues where the freshman and sophomore goes, um, you know, we've already kind of built our war board and there's some discussions in house about who we would like to bring back. Um, thankfully we've got some players that I think would be willing to come back and we would love to have back in our uniform next summer. So that's already began. Um, in terms of enjoying this, I've, I've had a good day here trying to pick up the pieces and put my life back in order and, and start packing up to head home. But, um, we won't get to enjoy this too long. We'll stay in touch with the team through our group me's and kind of plan this ring ceremony type stuff. But um, that next year's group's already in the works. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. Well, yeah, you don't waste any time. That's how you fall behind. Yeah, no, that's that's true. <laughs> that is very true. Uh, so that's that's awesome, man. Congratulations again for uh, not, not only back-to-back. You said it's very difficult, but just you know, a tackling another championship because even though you have the experience from last season, so, you know, if there were any nerves, I, will, I don't want to say that they've been eliminated because there's always nerves in big games. If if they weren't nervous, I'd be a little worried. You know, as a coach, you're probably like, do you guys even care kind of thing? So, you know, nerves are good. But would you approach uh, each season almost like you did not win it the year before? Uh, we talk about it. You know, we, we tell the kids when they come in here, that's what we what we intend to do. Um, actually, our group me name from the beginning with this one was title defenders. And so um, we talk about it. We try to embrace it. We, we also try to make sure that the new team has their own identity. Um, we don't want to get you know caught up in the past speaking about, well, this team did this or that. Um, but we try to create our own identity each summer. And um, we've got kind of a recipe that seems to be working. So we're not, you know, deteriorating too far from that path but uh, we communicate to our players that expectation from the beginning when they're coming and decide they want to commit to being a Moorhead City Marlin then you know they they need to know that we want to be out in front of the pack and we got something to defend so um, that's kind of how we go about it you're right I mean there are some nerves when you play in big games like this but that's what makes them enjoyable Um, you know it wouldn't be fun and you wouldn't be you wouldn't feel like you had accomplished or was special if it if it didn't have some nerves to it so um, no cool question that that's why we do what we do is to have the opportunity to play on that stage. So you had mentioned earlier, and this will be our last question before we, before we wrap up, you mentioned that you just want to thank everybody from the front office to the players, to the coaches. So I want to give you an opportunity to say anything else that you want to, uh, for our fans to listen and hear about your organization, about the players or the fans, just to cap off the season. Okay. Well, I'll start with the fans. Um, wonderful experience for three summers down here and we continue to grow our fan base and uh, they've supported us every night more and more so um, couldn't be happier to bring this excitement to this town especially after um, 
some of the struggles that we had here in the fall with Hurricane Florence and the destruction that was caused. Um, it's nice to bring some excitement back into this place and um, could not be happier for their support. And we thank them for that. Uh, our owner, Buddy Bingle, has been wonderful for us. Uh, he's continued to provide what we needed to excel. Um, my assistant coaches, I mentioned Fico Conla earlier, Dawson Moser. Those guys have been so loyal. Um, they've been on that bus every single day in the daily grind. And uh, their impact here is is unbelievable. I couldn't put into words what they've done with this team. Um, shoot, I know I'm going to miss folks, but you know the people that go behind the scenes, what we call our front office, our interns, our bus drivers, our trainers, um, our photographer, all of that. Um, there's just a family feel about it, and everyone's kind of willing to pull their weight and do their part to make this thing special. So um, I'm sure I miss people there. Our host families have been tremendous. Um, especially some of them having lost some of their home through that fall hurricane um, to to have the resilience to come back and provide a, a bed for our boys to come and compete in the summer and open their doors is just something we appreciate more than we could say. Um, and I can't even begin to thank the folks that have had a hand in this. So um, it's been a tremendous ride and, and I'm excited for next summer to do it again and, and try to you know put the best product we can out there. Um, other ownership and colleagues in the league have been tremendous. I've heard from a handful of them already today and, um, you know, them putting together the competitive bunches they do to kind of um, bring us and, and keep us in check to work hard is, is appreciated. And, um, you know, it's just it's a pretty cool family, not just in Morehead City, but throughout the whole Coastal Plains League. So we appreciate everyone for what they do. And it truly does take a village. You know, and especially with baseball, I, I think that is something that's very appropriate to say. Uh, Jesse, I mean, again, congratulations, I think, for the third time this podcast. You've definitely earned it. And best of luck next year for for a three-peat. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's don't talk about no it. No pressure, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why, why not? We'll, we'll do it again, huh? Right, <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah we're, we're gonna hold. We're going to hold you to it. well we'll do our best all right man i might edit that part out just so you don't feel the pressure before the season even begins but uh, again man thanks for your time thank you so much i appreciate it do you want the latest news and updates on the coastal plain league its teams and players if so please visit the league website at coastalplain.com also be sure to friend us on facebook at facebook.com backslash coastal plain league and follow us on twitter instagram and snapchat at cpl baseball You can just tell the excitement in Jesse's voice that this is something that he is very excited about. Uh, He loves the fact that he could bring home a championship to Moorhead City for the second time in a row. He is very grateful and very thankful for everybody in the organization, not only for uh, Moorhead, but also the CPL in general. So uh, it was an awesome conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it just as much as I did. And this is actually the conclusion of the CPL podcast this summer. So we wanted to wrap it up with a final interview with the winning manager. Again, the Moorhead City Marlins are your 2019 Pettit Cup playoff champions. So we will see you guys next summer. I appreciate your patience with me. This has been a blast. Keep watching that baseball, and we'll see you next year.